0: Hi everyone, welcome back to episode three of the Pamela Smart Murder Case. In this episode, I am going to cover how the criminals were caught, the evidence found, the evidence that helped convict them, and their conviction. As life went on for a little while, Pam, Billy, Pete, JR, and Raymond Thought they were in the clear and their almost perfect plan had been a success. Well, that was until Pete told Ralph Welch what had happened. Welch couldn't handle knowing the information he did, and he ended up telling Jr.'s parents, which were the people he was living with at the time, that Billy and Pete had used Jr.'s dad's gun to kill Greg. And Jr.'s parents, they didn't know what to do with this information. I mean it's pretty shocking to find out or hear the rumor that your child may have something to do with a murder. So they did the most sensible thing. They went to the police station and that's when the whole plan came tumbling down on those boys. The boys went into a panic and they tried to flee the state to go to Connecticut using Patricia Randall's car To which she lent the boys because she didn't want her boy to get in trouble. I mean, she has that motherly instinct and she really didn't want him to end up going to jail. So she lent them her car to travel to Connecticut with. But the only flaw in that was she didn't tell her husband what had happened. So when her husband, Frank Randall, Pete's father, found out, He called the boys and got into this huge yelling match with Pete, and the boys eventually obediently traveled back home because Pete's father threatened to report the car as stolen. So they really had no other choice because they were gonna be fugitives either way. So once they got back home, the police eventually um, got warrants to have them arrested. So, when they arrested him, they had the boys under the charge of juvenile delinquency, but they were hoping to pin murder charges on them once all the evidence and stories lined up. So, evidence-wise, the police had no evidence to directly convict the boys, but they did have the murder weapon which was a 38 caliber pistol which had been cleaned but it wasn't by JR's father see another important detail in this case is that the gun had been in JR's dad's drawer but it had gunpowder residue on it from when the first time JR used it when his father took him hunting so that gun was somehow wiped clean in the drawer but Gunpowder was originally on it when JR's father put it in the drawer. So that was another thing that really proved to JR's dad that, oh my God, my son could have done this because why else would my gun be wiped clean and put right back where it was in the drawer? So that was a pretty, I would say, scary thing for a parent especially knowing that wow my child could have possibly done this but there could have been more evidence in this case like it, it was a really rookie mistake i don't know how they did this but billy flynn actually dropped a glove in a field next to the apartment complex while running to the getaway car So when they had state police there, you know, searching the area, seeing if they can find anything, they saw the glove in the field, they assumed it was like garbage, someone left it here, something like that, because they were those latex examining gloves, which if you ask me, are very, I would say thin, if you want to do something like murder and not have your fingerprints left around. I mean, I don't know, I would have used thicker gloves, I, I don't know, but little strange, but the state police saw the glove, assumed it was trash, or someone left it here, and they threw it in the trash. They threw it in the trash, assuming it had already been there before the murder. So... Even though there was a murder investigation just a few feet away, they thought, oh, someone probably just left it here. It's garbage. And didn't even think, oh, maybe it has our murder suspect's fingerprints on it. So just because there was that little bit of evidence I talked about before, it doesn't mean it would have helped convict them. Because in reality, there wasn't really any solid evidence to help make a conviction besides the confession that they eventually got from the boys and the murder weapon to which all the boys had access to. So there had actually been an interview with one of Pam's close friends who was around 15. She was at the high school as well to admitting Pam said she was planning to have Billy kill her husband. But of course, this girl who was named Cecilia, she didn't think he was gonna do it. She's like, oh, it's just a joke. Pam just doesn't like her husband. Like it's not gonna happen. So you would've realized or seen how shocked Cecilia must've been when she found out that Pam's husband had been murdered. So Cecilia kept her mouth shut for a while after police were interviewing her time and time and again, until all that guilt was just eating up at her and she didn't know what to do anymore. So she went to the police and she told them her side of the story, with, to which the police actually said, hey, do you mind? We need evidence against Pam. Can we tape a wire to you? And can you maybe talk to Pam on the phone, meet up with her and try to get her to talk about the murder? And of course, Cecilia, wanting to do anything to ease her guilt, said, yes, of course, even though she's friends with Pam, she knows that what had happened was wrong. She realized that. So, She did what the police asked, but Pam was oddly suspicious, like abnormally suspicious to the point where you can tell that she had a part in this like big plan. She was very suspicious that someone was listening in on them. Like the police had a chip in her, um, phone that they could hear everything they were saying, which in reality, yeah, they could, but She didn't really know that because the police hadn't been telling her anything. So she was just very suspicious of everything, even in private, even when they were talking in private. Pam did not want to mention anything about this. She was paranoid. So it really leads you in to the point that she's lying about something and that she's definitely not innocent in all of this. Our last point for this episode is going to be their conviction. So once the boys realized that there was no way they were getting out of the situation that they were in because the police had them arrested, they had nowhere to go, they couldn't say I had no part in this because they obviously did. So eventually after days and days and days of police bargaining with them telling them you're like it's okay just tell us what happened like all of that they eventually agreed to strike a deal with the state and that deal was that the boys would plead guilty and they would testify against pam in exchange for a reduced prison sentence which It's pretty crappy still. I mean, you got to go to prison either way. So, I mean, might as well make it a shorter sentence. You don't want to be in there for a maximum sentence. That would just... No, that doesn't sound fun. So, I mean, if that was me, I'd get the the bargain deal. I mean, it's the best they're going to do because they're not going to get out of it. Even if they don't speak, they're going to be convicted. So... When the first, when one of the boys first decided they'd strike a deal, then all the other boys followed along because they were like, yeah, we're not getting out of this. We might as well. What's there to lose, anyways? We're going to prison, anyways. Either way, so that happened. But Pam, on the other hand, didn't confess. They, like, jabbed at her all they could and she stayed narrow straight on her story. She did not mess up. Which I mean I have to admit that's pretty good sticking to the same story after being like asked about it multiple times. But that didn't ex- that didn't excuse her from everything that's happened because The police knew she'd been acting suspicious, her behavior was off. So in court, when both sides gave the story, the defense and the prosecution, the jury then had to decide on a verdict. And they eventually decided that Pam was guilty of conspiracy to murder accomplice to first degree murder and tampering with a witness since pam did tell cecilia don't talk to the police don't tell talk to the police lie to them lie to them which Cecilia did for a while but then she just couldn't handle the guilt it was eating away at her inside so that happened but pam still to this day like, says, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I had nothing to do with this, you guys need to get me justice, but just from hearing her actions, in, like, reading her actions, there's not a doubt in my mind that she wasn't guilty, she was definitely guilty, and I get it, poor, innocent-looking Pam had her husband murdered, but nothing lines up here it it just nothing does pam's alibi that meeting at the school she was at she wasn't even supposed to be at that meeting she even like the principal said oh you don't have to go to that meeting pam's like oh no i want to go to that meeting i will definitely be there he's like oh that's not really for like staff it's for like more of you know the higher ups she's like no 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 i'm gonna go i want to listen So, I mean, what else is there to say? We have reached a verdict in these episodes that Pam is guilty and so are the boys. So, thank you for listening to my podcast on the book, Teach Me to Kill, The Shocking True Story of the Pamela Smart Murder Case.